Welcome back to the podcast of the River Anglican Church in Blacksburg, Virginia. Today, we start a new series called Unexpected Heroes, and just in time for the Advent season, we're talking about Mary. So here's Jonathan. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Yeah, it's good to see you. It's good to be in the land of the living after uh, my COVID slash strep throat. Uh, missed two Sundays. It was uh, uh, quite a, a November, let me just say. And uh, I'm really thrilled to have this morning, I will probably get in trouble for this, my mother and my sister in the, in the crowd here. And so really thankful my mother's moving to the area. So we're getting her belongings from Pittsburgh and I'm very excited about that. This is a special day for me to have you both here. Um, of course, my wife, who's here regularly. <laughs> it's important that I acknowledge that, but, but um, it's not a special visitation from my wife. Okay, so um, yeah, it was an interesting uh, November with COVID and strep, and uh, the Lord humbled me uh, for just a day or two, and then I went back to my normal self. But seriously, um, it was a very, very uh, interesting time of, of uh, I guess I was sick for about 20 days or more. Um, so yeah, so here I am, and I'm preaching on what I'm going to call just informally unexpected heroes of our faith for the next four messages. Uh, so I'm excited about this series. Um, I'm going to preach the next three Sundays, and then th- so three and a half sermons. Uh, a homily on Christmas Eve, which is like half a message, but poignant, but shorter. And um, so today we're, we're talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. You might have wondered with that scripture passage, where are we going with this? I thought this was Advent. We're reading about these, you know, people conquering Israel. But we'll get into that passage in a second. But um, preaching about Mary, the mother of Jesus today And it seems like Mary gets either too much attention because she's venerated, or she's just completely ignored altogether. Um, And it wasn't until becoming an Anglican as an adult that I remember actually hearing Mary preached on, because as a non-denominational person, you really don't preach on Mary. You know, Mary, uh, you know, because we're not Roman Catholic, right? And Or as Presbyterian, like, Mary was off limits. So it's exciting to be able to learn from Mary and kind of let her life uh, testify to us. Uh, As Anglicans, we don't pray to Mary. uh, We don't pray for Mary because Mary's with Jesus, her Savior and her Son. And as a reminder, Timothy tells us there's one mediator between Christ, uh, between God and man, and that is Christ Jesus. So even though we, we really appreciate Mary's life, we don't pray to her, we don't pray for her soul because she is fine, okay? She's in good shape. Uh, the Old Testament speaks clearly about Mary, and that's why I had that Isaiah 7 passage read about Rezin and Pekka. And what an interesting context, you know, out of nowhere in this passage is talking about these men who were attacking uh, Israel and Judah and King Ahaz is afraid, and, and that's the scene. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, verse 14, it says, I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to give you a promise. I'm, I'm going to give you a salve for the wound that I'm going, to, I'm going to inflict upon Israel. Okay, that's what God is saying. And this sign is this. 
a virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Now, that's only two times that I could find that this word Emmanuel is actually used in the Old Testament. It's a, a word that when I was in Israel and I was taking Hebrew, I was like, oh, Ima with new us and El, God, God with us. What a cool word. Two times this shows up in the Old Testament, and once here, kind of tucked away right in this passage in Isaiah 7 about God disciplining Israel, giving Israel a promise and a sign um, and um, a blessing. Isn't that amazing? And there was and is no doubt that this uh, virgin, this young expected teenage hero, was going to bear God himself who is going to live among us and die among us and die for us, as we will soon see. Looking at verse at Luke 1, if you want to open to Luke 1, that's going to be the, the primary um, place our message is going to occur or focus on, and we're going to get information about Mary in the context of this arrival so just a reminder, Mary, as we find out in Luke 1, she was betrothed to Joseph, engaged, so to speak, to Joseph, a carpenter living in Nazareth. The carpenter was also like a stonemason or a, um, a, a woodworker as well as a stoneworker. They were living in Nazareth, which was a town that has a reputation kind of like Pittsburgh, uh, not a place of distinction. I can say that, by the way, because I'm from Pittsburgh. <clears throat> and... Uh, so they were from Nazareth, and it was in this unexpected town and this unexpected teenage hero comes Gabriel, the mighty angel, to deliver this message. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll read part of it, verse 30. Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, which in Hebrew, Yeshua, right? The Lord saves. He will be great, and he will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary's wondering, what kind of a king reigns forever? And I'm going to give birth to the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be called the Son of God. And friends, we can learn a great deal from how Mary responded or how Mary did not respond to this message. We can reflect upon ourselves on who we are, but also who we're not. And we can take this to Christ this morning to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we can ask him to make us more like Mary. And there are three truths that we learn from this passage, and the first is going to be Mary was open to the miraculous work of God in her life. She was open to this miraculous, incredible work of God to her, in her life. As a reminder, he said, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and he will be called the Son of the Most High God. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he'll reign forever. What kind of a king reigns forever? And Mary will give birth to this king. How would you have responded to this message from the angel? I know that I 
like Sarah may have laughed, kind of like, <laughs> okay. I may have scoffed, are you kidding? Like me, I'm a nobody and I live nowhere, right? Um, that's on my best day. Isn't it common for us when God asks us to do something that we believe is way beyond our abilities that we laugh or we scoff or we disbelieve? And yet this isn't Mary. She doesn't laugh like Sarah. She doesn't scoff. She says simply and innocently, look at verse 34. She says, how can this be? What a simple, beautiful response. How can I give birth to God? The response was not of disbelief or indifference or even indignance. It was process. Lord, how? Mary's openness to the miraculous challenges my faith in a God who is bigger than my imagination. Paul told the Ephesians, a scripture that we're using quite a bit these days, he says, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more. I love another version says, exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or even imagine. And then he says, according to his power at work, within us. Isn't that amazing? Mary, this God can do way more than you can ever do, not because of who you are, but because of who he is. And this challenges my skepticism, replacing this doubt that I have that God can do something miraculous with a willingness to believe for what the world says cannot be done. The question, pardon me, I'm going to cough for a second. <clears throat> there we go. The question that I'd want us to think and pray about this morning is, will you and will I allow Mary's belief, her naive, sweet trust, to puncture a skepticism that exists in my heart and possibly in yours, that God can do amazing things in my life and my family and in my church and this church and your church and in your lives and in your marriages and in your finances and in whatever area, your bodies, whatever area of disbelief you bring this morning. Because going back to the worldview series that we preached months ago, we have a very naturalistic worldview, don't we? That has, to be, that has to be kind of upended and reminded. We have a supernatural God, amen? We have a supernatural God that can do anything he wants to do because he created it all. C.S. Lewis says, this is less real than the spiritual world because this is the created world. And so we, like Mary, should be like, open, God, what is it you want to do? in me, through me, in my church, through my church, in my family, and so forth. Second, Mary was committed to being used by God in whatever way that he desired. She was willing to sacrifice herself for whatever his purposes were. And he said in verse 35, <clears throat> Gabriel, he said, through Gabriel, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
This is the how. This is the process. That word, epischiziado, it's, it's, a, it's a hard word to pronounce. Epi for around. Schiazzo for I have no idea. But overshadow you. It means that God will overwhelm you that God will literally inseminate you, that God will envelop you. I love that. How, says God, I will overtake you. I am the one who will impregnate you, so to speak, so that this one to be born of you will be fully man and fully God. Amazing. And that's how God works, friends. He overtakes us. So it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not what you've done or what you've not done. It's not about your education, where you live, where you're from. It's not about your pedigree. It's not about who your parents are or your grandparents are or are not. It is about God overtaking you. What an encouraging message that we need to hear. Because it wasn't clearly about Mary this Teenage, unexpected hero was about God. And how did she respond? How did she respond? Can you imagine the questions that she must have thought about when, when she heard that he was going to overshadow her and overtake her? And essentially, that's the how. Can you imagine the questions, you know, what about when I begin to show? Am I going to tell Joseph that I'm pregnant? And, and when, if I don't tell him, I'm going to begin to show, and then everybody's going to think that I had this baby, you know, I got pregnant from another man. Of course, in Israel, back in the day, you could get stoned for such a thing, right? The questions, the concerns, how she would explain to her own family and Joseph's family and her village, would she be like that person who had to come and get water at noon? And yet, how does she respond? Verse 38, so beautiful. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Oh, if we could have that kind of surrender in our lives for the things that God puts in our path. Lord, I'm your servant. I'm your doulos. I'm your slave. May it be. May it happen according to your word. And may whatever happens to me happens to me. I'll tell you, friends, this flies in the face of my Stubborn American independence. I want to do what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want it. That's just, that's how I live, right? And it confronts this tendency that we all have to run away from the will of God, to lag behind the desires of God, to move ahead of the plans of God. But not Mary, just, Lord, may it be as you want it to be. Third and finally, Mary responds to the Lord's words, not with reluctance or pride or self-pity. You know, you don't hear any self-pity or vanity like King Saul. She responds with worship. And this verse is 46 through 55, often called the Magnificat. You know, my soul magnifies the Lord. One of the most beautiful sections of the Bible. What's amazing is this is on the tail end of this message with all those questions and doubts and concerns. How does she respond and how are we to respond with worship? This is so beautiful, not just because of the content 
of the Magnificat, but because of the context of the Magnificat, a woman who has no idea what this is going to cost her. Indeed, worship is most meaningful. Not when we get that unexpected chunk of money in our account. Not when we get that extra whatever. What? Not when we get that extra week of vacation that we didn't expect. And I didn't get, by the way, that wasn't vacation for me, I'll just say. Worship is most meaningful not when things are great, but when things are difficult. When we say, God, I will worship you no matter what comes my way, no matter what fears, no matter what I'm facing, I will worship you because you are worthy. In fact, it was just 40 days later that as custom would be that uh, that, uh, Joseph and Mary would bring Jesus into the temple for this purification rite, and this old man, Simeon, would be there says that he was waiting for the kingdom of God. And Simeon would lay eyes upon Jesus, and Mary would understand, just in part, how much this would cost her. Simeon would say, this child is designed to cause the falling and rising of many, and to be a sign that will be spoken against. Hard words so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own heart also. Indeed, Mary would experience the piercing of her heart, not just seeing her son die, but seeing him live a life of being misunderstood and mistreated and misrepresented. But her son would be pierced when he died upon the cross for your sin and for my sin, for something we could never afford, never pay for, never deserve. But she was willing, nonetheless, to go forward with God's plan. And the question is, will you worship not just when things are good, not just when things are the way you want them to be, when things are not Friends, Mary's life very much speaks to us and continues to testify to us. I'm so thankful to have her back in my life and back in the church. It testifies. Friends, be open to the miraculous work of God in you because it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about God enveloping us for his kingdom. God has provided promised to provide abundantly way beyond what we could ask or even imagine because it's his work in us, his ergonomics, right? His ergos, that's the word. His work in you and in me. So stop limiting and disbelieving what God wants to do in you and through you in this church and through this church because it's not about us. Mary's life reminds us to be committed to God. Anything that he would ask of us, finally, Mary's life reminds us to worship at all times, not just when things are good, when things are difficult. In closing, why is that? Well, because we don't worship circumstances. Circumstances come and go. We don't worship our blessings because blessings come and go. We don't worship because of our health, (laughs) 
because health comes and goes. We worship a person. We worship the person that Mary spoke about, the mighty one who's done great things for me, the one whose mercy extends to those who fear him, the one who's faithful from generation to generation, the one who fills the hungry with good things. Let's pray together. If you can, kneel for prayer. We'll take this to the Lord. Very appropriate for us throughout the year to give thanks for the many, many saints that who have gone before us and who've passed on to us a faith that is so very precious. And Mary is one of those many, many saints. We're called saints as well in the New Testament. He's one of those saints that we want to just take a moment and give thanks for. And so if you would, please feel free to just open up this space for us to listen to God and to respond to God. And thanks for Mary's life. You may pray silently. Thanks for joining us for this sermon from the River Anglican Church. You can find us on the web at theriverinrv.org, also on Facebook, and you can join us in person if you like on Sunday mornings at 9.15 at 110 Roanoke Street East, Blacksburg, Virginia, 24060. We hope to see you again next week.